the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You want fries with that? That was the big question at the White House last night. Donald Trump invited the Clemson football team into the White House to honor it for winning the mythical national championship that they won uh, a week ago yesterday. And he decided to serve fast food for dinner. The chefs were apparently caught up in the uh, shutdown. It was all done uh, good-naturedly by Donald Trump, said he thought everybody would like it. but, and this shouldn't surprise you one bit, he was trashed in the media. And I've, uh, I've got a stack of, uh, oh, some of the me- media people who just jumped all over him. Um, this is, this is from TampaBay.com, a uh, newspaper down in, in Tampa. I think it's the uh, Tampa St. Pete Times or something, whatever. Her name is, uh, Laura Riley. And, uh, this is what she said. Um, you know who else gets a – this is from a Twitter, but it says, you know who else got fast food after winning a championship? A Little League team. She has that at the top of her story here. And she said, uh, some attributed the choice to the shutdown. The White House has five full-time chefs, but they are among the 800,000 federal workers on mandatory leave or working without pay. President Trump tweeted that he paid for over 1,000 hamburgers, B-E-R-D-E-R-S. He misspelled hamburger. Of course, they torture him for that. But uh, And someone uh, uh, expended the effort. French fries were repackaged in cups with the presidential seal. So the players got something to take home. But this is what she says. Um, uh, She says, uh, this shows how much out out of touch Trump is. We know Trump enjoys fast food, but can we for a moment think about how out of touch it is to serve student athletes junk food? Uh, over recent years, I've had many opportunities to talk to college a- athletes about what and how they eat, and it's not fast food. Um, what's her name again? Laura? When you talk to them about what they eat, they might be not be talking about what they eat 365 days a year. It might be in, you know, when they're in training. And you know, if you don't think a football team can go empty out of McDonald's if it wants to on a Tuesday night, if they wanted to go right now and empty one out, and that they wouldn't do it, and or go uh, to a Popeyes chicken or someplace else and eat uh, eat chicken wings all night long, so she's she's the one who couldn't be more out of touch. But she she looks for an opportunity to trash Donald Trump here. And then she says uh, the food service options on college campuses for athletes are frequently entirely different. This is a this idiot is is thinking that that this has anything to do with what happened at the White House last night. Fig performance table at Florida State University has a teriyaki chicken stir fry uh, station and black bean burgers. Their nutrition staff provides team education presentations to all 21 teams covering topics such as hydration. You know what? I, I, I w- somebody should kidnap Laura and put her in a car with the uh, you know take her out for a ride with some some football players and drop in at a, a fast food restaurant and watch them eat cuz they they'll eat, believe me. Uh, she says, D.C. has remarkable restaurants that cater, and Trump himself has hotel chefs nearby that might have been called upon. And she says, I talked, uh, um, she said, I, I talked to Nico Swatel, who will be a senior linebacker at the University of South Florida next year, and I said, what's an average breakfast? And he said, well, we eat at Champion's Choice, and uh, that's a, he said, a USF food service option with exhibition-style stations called Green and Fresh Zone, <laughs> Grill 56, Gold Energy. That's pretty good eating for a college football player. I'd have a three- or four-egg omelet with onions and peppers. Start my day with some protein, then go lift. So what they, what Donald Trump should have had at the White House last night was omelets with uh, lots of salad. And we'll get to the salad in a minute. Wait till you hear what happened with the salad. Um, he should have had a salad, and he should have had a weight, uh, a weight station. 
He should have had weights so that they could have eaten and then run in there and lifted weights. Because, you know, football players, that's all they do. They eat and they and then they sleep and then they lift weights. Uh, even a week after their season ended, that's what they want to do. They want to lift weights. So then on Twitter, here's some of the stuff on Twitter. Um, this guy, Timothy Burke, I don't know who he is. He, he, he was tweeting in response to this story. Uh, Clemson football has an executive performance chef, dietary coach, whose specific job is to ensure the players do not eat the very food that Donald Trump is serving them in the White House tonight. It's an outrage. It's just unbelievable. And, and he, he, had, he, he just figured it would be funny to have, you know, a, a spread of, of uh, fast food. And here, then you have this from the Rolling Stone. This is the headline of the story in the Rolling Stone. Supreme Leader Donald Trump lies about volume of fast food hamburgers. So this guy, it's actually a man, believe it or not, Ryan Bort. He says, um, he he says Trump was beaming. I like it all, as aides lit an ornate candelabra. It's all good stuff. Great American food. It'll be very interesting to see at the end of this evening how many are left. He added that the Republicans are really, really sticking together. We need border security. He threw that in there. But uh, he said he had, he, he said, um, he said, do we give you some little quick salads that the first lady will make along with the second lady? They'll make some salads. I said, you guys aren't into salads. Or do I go out and send out for about 1,000 hamburgers, Big Mac? So we actually did. We bought 1,000. Burger King, all American companies, Burger King, Wendy's, McDonald's. Well, Clemson lists 119 players on its 2018-2019 football roster. This is what uh, Ryan, what's his name, writes. Uh, along with 11 coaches. If the White House ordered 1,000 hamburgers, it would be enough for each player or coach to eat seven hamburgers. So the, the, the president's fooling around, and he says, I ordered 1,000 hamburgers. They're going to hold them to that 1,000. What if it was 987? Would they have counted them? Because I think they might have. So that's Rolling Stone. The, the, the uh, supreme leader lied about it. And, and this writer also says it's also unlikely that the Clemson football team was as giddy about the fast food feast as the president would have liked to believe. Though the team is comprised mostly of teenagers, they're also high performance. Here we go again. They're high performance athletes. The football program has a director of nutrition. And it, how do these people all find this out? They looked into it to find out that they have a, 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 a director of nutrition and a performance chef on staff. I actually have eaten at the training table for a football team. It was a long time ago, but it, it wasn't um, clean and green. It was meat and potatoes is what I remember. So, But the president wasn't joking. You are, in fact, in the state dining room. This is the writer now saying this. You are, in fact, in the state dining room standing under a 150-year-old portrait of Abraham Lincoln. It would have been better if they had a portrait of a Big Mac, but uh, standing under a 150-year-old portrait of Abraham Lincoln as you decide whether to load a fillet of fish or a whopper onto the White House fine china. Donald Trump is the president. He said he was going to serve you fast food, and he did. Promises made, promises kept. So that's uh, Ryan Bort with no sense of humor at the, uh, at the Rolling Stone. And you know, I wonder what he wrote when Donald, when Barack Obama said everybody could keep their health plan. And that that's a little bit different from counting hamburgers. But now here's a guy with some sense. Oh, actually, it's not a guy; it's a woman, uh, Jessica Sidman, at the Washington Washingtonian. She's smart. She says that Trump's fast food choice was better than a local restaurant. You know why? Because people would torture the local restaurant that would. Uh, take part in anything to help Donald Trump. She says, in theory, we want a president who celebrates small local businesses. In theory, we want a president who feels like a member of our community. Wouldn't it be nice if Trump, like Barack Obama, appreciated a Ben's half smoke or a good stuff eatery pattery? Uh, eatery patty. I don't want a good stuff eatery patty. I'd rather have a fish sandwich. In fact, Trump would have only created a PR disaster for local business. A global chain is too big to blame, but the second a small local restaurant feeds the White House, the owners would be placed in an impossible position, no matter matter what they said. There is no response that would completely ward off an angry man. She's not kidding. Maybe they offer a buttercream. This is this is actually happened. Maybe they offer, as Buttercream Bake Shop did after making a cake for Trump's inauguration, to donate profits from the purchase to the Human Rights Campaign or Planned Parenthood or the American Immigration Council. They could have done that, but uh, 
then that, then they would have um, had a little bit of a problem, maybe, because she writes here, just look at what happened with Taylor Gourmet uh, after owner Casey Patton attended a small business roundtable at the White House. All this person does is Casey, C-A-S-E-Y. I don't know if that's a man or woman, but uh, she, he or she goes to the, the small business roundtable at the White House. The hoagie chain faced massive backlash, it says here. Never mind that Patton had also met with Obama or emphasized the business's nonpartisanship with a less politics, more hoagies campaign. As one insider told Washingtonian, sales dropped 40 percent the next day after they took part in a, a White House function. And the meeting contributed to Taylor's ultimate demise. The place went out of business because they catered a White House event. Whether that's an exaggeration or not, there's no doubt the brush with Trump created a PR nightmare, she writes. Sadly, it's a lose-lose situation, so if the president wants to indulge in a pile of whoppers, let's hope he likes them enough to reorder them the next time. So that's that was the fallout from an innocent little dinner, from, that uh, not little, big, big dinner, that he threw for the football team. But that's not all. The late-night idiots went crazy. We'll, we'll show you that. We'll let, we'll let you hear that when we come back after the break. Stick around. advisor or insurance rep is recommending an annuity or if you're considering purchasing any retirement product you should always get a second opinion make sure your decisions appropriate and cost effective for your personal retirement situation call the synergy group before you move your 401k ira or any other retirement account into an annuity or any financial product Synergy Group has been helping Pittsburghers with hometown advice and services for 30 years. Don't just make a move. Be sure the annuity you're considering is a good move for you. Get a professional second opinion from Synergy Group, the local retirement professionals. Synergy Group, 800-321-7963. That's 800-321-7963. 800-321-SYNERGY. Investment advisory services offered through Global Financial Private Capital, LLC. Securities offered through GF Investment Services, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. Pat Boone here again, and I assure you, I have never before endorsed a pain relief product. Not until now. Not until Relief Factor came along as a 100% drug-free solution for people struggling with ordinary pain. Quite simply, Relief Factor was designed by doctors to help relieve those occasional aches and pains due to aging, exercise, and everyday living. Let me ask you, are aches and pains keeping you from sleeping through the night or keeping you from taking those nice long walks or playing golf or tennis? You can't really call it living if you can't get around comfortably. The three-week quick start from Relief Factor may be all you need to lower or even eliminate these pains. A whole lot of people have already gone to relieffactor.com and here's something you need to know. The majority of people who order the three-week quick start, now only $19.95, go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain, too. Go to relieffactor.com. Have you ever seen a pest controller spraying chemicals in your home? It makes you wonder, if their chemicals are safe, then why do they suit up and wear respirators only to leave you to walk back in unprotected? G'day, I'm Scott from Plug In Pest Free, and I'm here to tell you there's a better way. In an age where we now have the choice to drive electric cars, you too can electronically read your home or business of unwanted rodents and pests. The answer is Plug In Pest Free. 100% chemical free, Plug In Pest Free is your safest bet for your family and pets. Our bestseller, the Plug In Pest Free Pro, will cover up to 4,000 square feet. Now that's fair dinkum. So order yours today at gopestfree.com. Use promo code RADIO20 for 20% off plus free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's gopestfree.com, promo code RADIO20. Don't spray and regret, plug in and forget. gopestfree.com today. Do more than just carry your cell phone. At Patriot Mobile, every call, every text, every post carries a conservative message. Other companies charge you high rates and hidden fees that fund liberal agendas. Switch to Patriot Mobile to save money, plus part of your monthly bill is donated to 17 conservative organizations fighting for your beliefs. Here's Patriot Mobile CEO and Navy veteran Maury Leland. You know, a lot of people, they know where their money goes, but they really don't know what that money is funding. 
And that's really the difference. You know, people can take sides. They can put their money to work where they want it to work. And that's what we do at Patriot Mobile. Switching to Patriot Mobile is easy. You can keep your number and get the same super reliable nationwide service. With unlimited plans starting as low as $20 a month, why wait? Want to save $30? Visit them online at patriotmobile.com forward slash Hugh to get your activation fee waived or mention Hugh when you call 1-800-A-PATRIOT. That's 1-800-A-PATRIOT. Patriot Mobile. Carry the message. Warning. Listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Oh, you know, and after the break here at the next half hour, we're going to have an actual serious discussion with somebody about the fact that gas prices are lower and probably going down and who should get credit for that and why it's happening and the stupidity of the tax, uh, the gas tax. And we'll get to that in a minute, but uh, it's hard to believe we're still talking about the fallout from this uh, just hideous deed that was um, um, performed by Donald Trump to have fast food for the Clemson football team. Listen to Aaron Burnett, Joan Walsh, and the guy here is Scott Jennings. He's a Republican strategist. Uh, After Donald Trump's comment about the salad, listen to this, CNN. So I had a choice. Do we have no food for you? Because we have a shutdown. Or do we give you some little quick salads that the first lady will make along with along with the second lady? They'll make some salads. And I said, you guys aren't into salads. Or do I go out, Lindsey Graham and Tim Scott? Do I go out and send out for about one thousand hamburgers, Big Macs? (laughs) That's appalling. Uh, It seems to me like the president will not be happy until there is not one single female Republican voter in the country. It's incredibly sexist. It also, I mean, I don't know why I'm stuck on this, but Ivanka is not the second lady. She is actually, I don't think she deserves this position. She's actually a senior advisor to the president. So the idea that he would demean her specifically in that way, he shouldn't talk about the first lady that way. We we aren't all here to make salads for men. It's it's disgusting. I mean, I'm presuming he was talking about Karen Pence when he said second lady. Oh, God, I'm sorry. No, she shouldn't be doing it either. But but, but, I mean, I mean, I mean, Scott, Uh, look, that's crazy. This is one of those things where. Sometimes what people say when they're being funny is exposes exactly who they are and what they think. Not that there was any question, but, but this is pretty clear. Uh, I, I certainly didn't take his comments to be sexist. I think that um, if somebody took them that way, you know, that's that's so fine. Then Mike, I, probably Mike they want to take everything that Donald Trump says as being Scott, <laughs> as can being I just evil. ask you how in the world uh, do you not perceive that as sexist to say the assumption that his wife's going to go make salads for the bunch of football I, players? What is she I, like, the cook? I, well, I didn't. I didn't hear it that She's way. I eat read. salad almost every night for dinner. I mean, I, <laughs> we make a lot of salads oh, in the Jennings on, household, and does I make your some. Wife, and my you wife expect your wife some. to make I mean, them all for you? I mean, I, maybe she does. No, Fine. I make some, I mean, and she makes some. Okay, but that's not what he said. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't take it that way. If somebody took it that way, that that's fine. I, I didn't. It didn't strike me that way. I think he was trying to make a joke about feeding hamburgers to football players. I think you you might be overreading this one. Uh, I'm not overreading it. He made a joke that was sexist about women. I guess what I guess maybe what we're disagreeing with is whether it's funny. And whether humor is, is something that's serious. <laughs> I think Scott's I, disagreeing that it's uh, sexist, I, which he's entitled to his opinion. It's not going to be a popular one. No, but. I didn't, it, it, didn't, it, didn't strike, it didn't strike me that way, and, and I'm, not, I, <laughs> I'm, surprised, I'm surprised that you all are taking it that way, but it's fine. Wow. Okay. I'm going to leave it there. Yeah, no, I, I have to <laughs> say I, I'm, I'm, I'm open about when I have an opinion on things. I, I feel pretty strongly it's a sexist thing to say. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. You feel... Uh, strongly about it how about the fact that she says that sometimes what someone says shows what they really think i'd have to disagree with her because i think sometimes you might want to look at what people do or or what someone does rather than what they say you know like have as your uh, campaign manager the first woman ever to be the manager of um, one of the major parties campaigns for president kellyanne conway to um have a female uh a woman as a uh, U.N. ambassador, uh, Nikki Haley. Uh, he also has a woman as the director of uh, the CIA. He has a woman who's the director of Homeland Security. But he's, he, he, all he thinks women are good for are making salads, okay? So because of what he said, trying to make a joke to a bunch of 19-year-old guys and, and sitting around having some laughs. They, the, the lack of sense of humor on the part of Aaron and Joan there is, is stunning. But... You know, it's not surprising. But 
he they they can't get over the fact that they can't get beyond the fact that they believe he's a misogynist and a sexist, whatever word you want to use. He he could he could have an entire cabinet made up of women, and they'd still say the same thing. So we got a couple minutes here before we get to our next serious segment. Why don't we hear from Jimmy Kimmel last night? And by the way, of all the crazy things Trump said and did over the weekend, this might be the craziest. The Clemson championship team, the national championship team, will be coming tonight. It'll be exciting. A very great team, an unbelievable team. They'll be coming tonight. And I think we're going to serve McDonald's, Wendy's, and Burger King's with some pizza. I really mean it. It'll be interesting. And I would think that's their favorite food. (laughs) Why why would you think? What would possibly make you think that? I'll tell you what made him think that. So Sarah Sanders' office, after he made that statement, said... Because of the shutdown, much of the resident staff at the White House is furloughed, so the president is personally paying for the event to be catered with some of everyone's favorite. In other words, he's paying the check, so he had to get the cheapest food they could find. So what's your favorite thing here, Mr. President? I like it all. It's all good stuff. Great American food. Do you prefer McDonald's or Wendy's? I I like them all. (laughs) Wait a minute. How did TMZ get into the White House? And you know he's taking whatever they don't eat back to his bedroom. I, tonight, he'll be like the rat in Charlotte's Web tonight, rolling around in quarter pounders with cheese. If so, good for him. How about Colbert? We're going to eat all of their favorite foods. Burgers, KFC, taco bowls, two scoops of ice cream. We're going to watch their favorite movie, the 2016 election results. Then I will spank them all with a rolled up Forbes. Yeah, that's really funny. Um, and then, uh, who will we have after that? We, we have uh, Seth Myers, who uh, I'm still waiting to say something funny. How long has he been on? About eight years? I've yet to... Well, I, I never watched. But anyway, here he is. He thinks he's being so slight. Normally, I would have a salad for dinner on Monday, but they told me they only eat every fast food. <laughs> also, can we go back to this? McDonald's, Wendy's, and Burger King's with some pizza. Why did he say Burger King's plural? Does he think there's more than one? We will be having all of the Burger Kings over to the White House for a summit on trade. I think... I think it's safe to say that had he lost the election, the Burger Kings would have been the name of the food show Trump hosted with Guy Fieri. Uh, That's not funny either, Seth. But uh, here's what the quarterback of the Clemson football team had to say about the the food. Hey, Trevor, how was the food inside? It was awesome. We had McDonald's and everything. It was good. (laughs) What was it? Here. Trevor, how many more times are you coming here? Perfect. Awesome. Hopefully a few more. And that was Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback. Um, And these people are so clueless about what the – they they, all – every one of them. Uh, Seth Meyer and Colbert and uh, the Jimmys, Jimmy Fallon, or whoever, which, which one did we use? Jimmy Kimmel. I get them mixed up. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel. They, they, they think that because football players are football players and they're athletes and that they're into nutrition, um, that they would have somehow, somehow not be able to eat fast food. I'm telling you, guys, if when they're not in training and when it's time to eat whatever they want to eat they'll sit down and eat a, a 400 wings at one sitting one guy if he wants to and and go to a mcdonald's and, and buy four big macs and three orders of fries and eat them so uh this they're talking about donald trump being out of touch because he doesn't know what to serve the football players they have no clue None. And the, and most of the players probably laughed about it. And, and and if I know football players, the last thing they want is to sit at some fancy table with fancy silverware and worry about which fork to use. They'd rather stuff a Big Mac in their face. We'll be right back. Stay where you are.
With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. British lawmakers have rejected Prime Minister Theresa May's Brexit deal by a huge margin, the BBC's Rob Watson reports. This was a defeat of historic proportions for Theresa May. In normal times, she would resign and her government would fall. But these are not normal times. And if, as expected, she survives the vote of no confidence called by the opposition Labour Party, it will still be up to Mrs May to find a solution to the Brexit crisis after the humiliating rejection of her deal. She says she will reach out across the party divides to see what MPs might support. But with less than 80 days before Britain is due to leave the EU, Brexit is as uncertain as ever. Lawmakers will vote Wednesday in a no-confidence motion from opposition leader Jeremy Corbyn. This is SRN News. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. My husband and I wanted to buy a new car, and we don't have very good credit ratings, so the bank recommended Trinity, so we called them. And the people were very nice. They told us the best solution for our problems. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976 to talk to a certified counselor. Trinity consolidated our bills, got us a lower interest rate, and a much better monthly payment. Trinity will Consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment. Put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges. Reduce your interest and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. We feel much better now. Things are going pretty well. And since we've been with Trinity, our credit rating has really improved. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. My name is Ann, and we're debt-free for keeps. 1-800-990-6976. Larry Elder says, new year, same old Democrats. Forty more Democrats, many of them absolutely despise Donald Trump. Once you start calling somebody a Nazi and a racist and a fascist and saying that their policies are similar to those of Hitler, how do you compromise? Once you call the wall that uh, the president campaigned for and on racist, how do you compromise? The Larry Elder Show, weeknights at 7, right before Joe Walsh at 9 on AM 1250. The answer... The takeaway from the Lincoln Institute's latest Keystone Business Climate Survey is clear. Pennsylvania's economic policies should follow recent federal changes that cut taxes and reduce onerous regulations. It's time for Pennsylvania to learn these lessons and to act on them. Learn more about this topic and others at AlleghenyInstitute.org. Now in its 24th year of challenging conventional public policy wisdom, that's neither conventional nor wise. Most executors don't want the job, quite frankly. Attorney Michelle Conti, host of Conti's Law on the importance of proper estate administration. There's a lot of steps that go into settling an estate, and if they don't get it right, not knowing the law isn't a defense to why you didn't do it correctly in the first place. When you pass without appropriate planning, it can be very costly. We see more fractions within families when death and money are involved. If you don't plan appropriately, it's very common. Siblings don't speak anymore. We act as the mediator for that executor to understand the law. We sit down and go through what probate looks like. Once we go through those steps, we'll assist with getting all of the legal documents, getting you sworn in with the local court, and starting that probate process. And then we will act as the mediator with the beneficiaries and the executor. Hear more on Conti's Law, Sunday morning at 8.30, here on The Answer. For immediate help, visit ContiLawPGH.com. Healthy pets, healthy people, focusing on a natural, holistic approach for human and animal wellness. Host Dr. Edmund Sokowski and his guests discuss various topics on health and wellness for us and our companion animals. Airs each Saturday, live from 9 to 10. 10 in the morning on 1250 AM, The Answer, giving you the opportunity to call in with your questions. A healthy pet is a happy pet, and being healthy makes people happy. Tune in, listen, learn, be well. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. We're looking very busy on the Parkway West, inbound from Carnegie to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Outbound a bit slow, Banksville Road to Green Tree. Also very heavy, Parkway East, outbound Forbes Avenue to Edgewood, Swissvale. Inbound delays, County Jail to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Outbound 28 is heavy around the 31st Street Bridge. There was an earlier disabled vehicle now cleared out. And also busy outbound 65, past 19, up to the McKees Rocks Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer, Weather. 
cloudy tonight. The low will be 26. We'll see some snow showers late and through the first part of tomorrow. There can be some freezing drizzle as well, so you'll have to watch for icy spots, even though there will be little in the way of snow accumulation. Some lingering flurries tomorrow afternoon, high 35. Mostly cloudy and colder with a low 18 tomorrow night. Cloudy Thursday, high 36. Some afternoon and evening snow and rain, no snow accumulation. I'm meteorologist Frank Strait on AM 1250, The Answer. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. So I'm on the way to the woods today with my dogs where I go every morning. I stop for gas, and I just happened to notice it was $2.49 a gallon. That seemed pretty low to me. So I thought, why not call Nick Loris of the Heritage Foundation and find out what's going on with gas? And I find out we're setting records. Nick joins us now. Nick, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So what's the good news? Well, lots of good news on the energy front. Uh, If you look at the national average of gas prices... Uh, right now, uh, they're about two and a quarter, uh, which is um, down uh, more than 25 cents per gallon from a year ago. Uh, and so this is great news for uh, energy consumers uh, across the country, not just uh, families who are filling up their tank once or twice a week, but for all the businesses that rely on transportation fuel to get their goods from point A to point B, uh, this is a generous uh, equivalent of a, a tax cut uh, really across the country here. Yeah, so uh, we passed Russia and Saudi Arabia in oil production. What does that mean, and why isn't more of a big deal being made of it? That's a great question. I mean, the the fact that we've become this energy powerhouse um, really over the past decade and and surpassed uh, some pretty remarkable records over the past year uh, is one of the biggest untold stories out there. Uh, The fact that we're now producing more oil, uh, as you mentioned, than Russia and Saudi Arabia, the fact that we've been the world's largest natural gas producer for uh, over a decade now uh, has really put us in a position um, that we have not seen in a very long time for multiple decades. Uh, And again, it's attracting business investment uh, all over the country, not just in those oil and gas patches, but also um, you you have chemicals and petrochemical companies investing more in the United States. Um, All of these businesses, in conjunction with the tax cuts bill that we passed, are seeing the United States is a a great place to do business because energy is such a a big input to a lot of different businesses, especially energy-intensive manufacturing industries, that they're looking and seeing everything that's going on here uh, and saying, we want to invest in the United States. Yeah, it's interesting. I uh, I went to the uh, I, went, I stopped to get gas today this morning, and I saw that it was two forty nine a gallon here in Pennsylvania, and it I, I started thinking about I've, I've I've made a habit over the years of going on the inflation calculator and comparing because people get seem to be so um, fixated on gas prices more than anything else. Um, you, you know, other th- other prices. Prices of other things can go up and down, and nobody pays attention to it. But if gas goes up twenty cents a gallon, which you know, if you have a if you fill up your tank with fifteen gallons, you're talking about three bucks, you know, in once a week. Or so it's not right. the end of the world. But so I'm looking at at the um, you know the inflation, and it, gas right now is no more expensive if you figure in inflation than it was in the 1930s, uh, according to this chart I'm looking at. In 1932, it was $0.18 cents a gallon, which is um, equivalent to $2.61 in 2015 money. So uh, gas is when, – even when it goes to $3 a gallon, isn't it, isn't it still a pretty reasonable price compared to what it's been? Oh, very much so. Um, and, and that's a great point. I think when you in, in adjust for inflation, you realize that we're getting a, a heck of a deal um, even when prices are – uh, around three to th- even up to three dollars and fifty cents per gallon, we're still paying uh, in some instances more than we've traditionally paid. And uh, yeah, I think one, given the the bang that you bu- get for your buck uh, for for gas, uh, it, it's absolutely incredible. Um, the, the the fact that you know we use so much uh, gasoline and diesel to to move products across the country and to get our kids to school, to to drive ambulances, um, to to get to work. Uh, you know, it, it it's Unfortunate because no one likes looking at that meter as it as it ticks up, uh, and you 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 just want it to stop uh, during the time. And I think that's one of the reasons that people pay attention to filling up their tank uh, and are more price sensitive than to other goods and services that we pay for. Um, but at the same time, this is 
really remarkable uh, in terms of all of the, the the benefits that we derive from from having this affordable, reliable transportation fuel. Yeah, I, I'm old enough to remember uh, the '70s when um, there were long lines at the gas pump and uh, rationing. Uh, I, I, I don't know how old you have to be to remember that. That's like 40, <laughs> 40 some years ago. But you know, I can remember. Um, you know, you went and got based on your. I think your license number was odd or even. Um, I forget what what the what the um, what the you know, what the system was, but you would go to the, to the gas station and it would be lined up forever. And I'm looking here at 1974, and it had jumped from 39 cents to 59 cents a gallon. That's a huge jump. But that even then, back then, when there were lines and people were panicking in the streets, it was two dollars and five cents a gallon in today's money. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, and unfortunately, those bad policies. Uh, were implemented by the government, uh, and, and it goes to show, um, you know, how what the markets respond to price increases. We get more supply of energy sources and more choice. And when the government responds to higher energy prices, we get rationing and energy efficiency standards. And a lot of our our bad energy policies were born out of the Arab oil embargo and and this notion that we were running out of oil. And so we needed to have all of these regulations to restrict, uh, you know, how much energy our, our vehicles use, how much energy our dishwashers use. Um, and, and we have all of these policies now uh, that, that make no sense uh, back then um, because consumers respond to changes in prices um, and producers respond to changes in prices by drilling and supplying for more oil. Uh, but they certainly don't make sense today uh, in an era of energy abundance with uh, really no end in sight as to how much oil and natural gas we're going to be producing for the foreseeable future, and we're going to continue to break records well into 2019. And we finally import more oil, oil than we export. What took so long for that? Yeah, I, part of it was simply just... Um, unshackling uh, the, the abundance of energy that we've had here in the United States, it, it, especially, um, you know, on federal lands and, and federal waters where a lot of these resources have been off limits. And that's complementing what we've seen on state and private owned lands uh, with the shale revolution. Uh, I think we're, we're fortunate uh, in a lot of regards that the shale resources in places like Texas and North Dakota um, and gas resources in, in places like Pennsylvania uh, are on private and state-owned lands and not on federal lands because you would have had such a lag in terms of trying to get this energy out of the ground. Uh, and so now we have an administration that is um, pro-energy production and is doing everything that they can to reduce the permitting timeframes to get uh, the oil out into the market. They're doing more to open access to our resources uh, offshore, where we are the only country in the world that places a majority of its territorial waters off limits to drilling. And so they understand that this can be done uh, successfully and it can be done in an environmentally sensible manner. And we can have both uh, a tremendous amount of energy production that benefits American families and businesses of all stripes, um, and it can be done so in an environmentally sound manner. We're talking to uh, Nick Loris. He is an economist, and he focuses on energy, environmental, and regulatory issues at the uh, Heritage Foundation. Uh, so I, I think I'm pretty sure I, I at one point, not in the not-too-distant past, since uh, Donald Trump has been president, I think I've heard of Barack Obama and, or, or his, and or his supporters uh, wanting to give him credit for this um, oil boom and then this... You know, what, what things that you've just been talking about here, about our, our increasing our exports uh, over imports and all that stuff. How much credit should he get or not get, and how much credit should Trump get? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. You know, a few years ago when he was you know, blasting entrepreneurs and saying, you didn't build that, uh, you know, he was um, basically not taking credit for uh, or not allowing industries to take credit for their innovations and their entrepreneurial activity. And now he's taking for an oil and gas boom that was largely generated by the private sector. Uh, and uh, again, getting back to uh, my earlier point, a lot of the energy success happened on the land that the federal government has uh, less regulatory control over. Uh, and so, yes, in some senses, some of this energy production happened on his watch, um, but it, it wasn't as if he 
waved a magic wand or created some sort of friendly uh, environmental and regulatory framework that allowed it to happen. Uh, it was largely driven by the state regulatory regimes who understood the, the economic blessings that came with such energy abundance and the fact that they could do a lot to both protect air and water quality while at the same time allowing this energy abundance to happen. Whereas if you look at what happened on federal land and waters where the Obama administration did have control over, uh, the production uh, was very stagnant for many years um, and increased a little bit, but it was a, a drop in the bucket really to what happened on state and private owned lands. You know what I always find interesting too is that uh, people, as I said, they're, they're fixated on the price of gas and, the, and what, is, what they're being charged per gallon at the tank. And uh, they go crazy if it goes up 15 or 20 cents. And, um, but they pay very little attention to the tax that they pay. And here in Pennsylvania, if I'm not mistaken, we have one of the highest taxes on gasoline of any state in, in, in America. So um, what, what, what is the deal with that? And, and how, how um, I don't know, I, how, how unfair are some of those taxes? Or, or are they, or do they make sense? You know, that, that's a great question, uh, and, and part of the problem uh, is, the, you know, those increase in gas taxes at the state level, and, and in fact, uh, Pennsylvania uh, now has the highest state tax, uh, which, you know, surpassed California, and so if you're surpassing California... In anything. In, ...and energy taxes, that's, you know, you, you know you're going in the wrong direction, uh, and so I think this is a this is a problem where, you know, both the, the federal and the state governments want to increase and raise revenues, um, and, and uh, some economists think it's a, an efficient tax because uh, you know, they essentially deem it as a user fee um, for our, our roads and our highways. But what's happened is that you know, re- as revenues come into the general fund, they are then diverted to uh, projects that have nothing to do with patching up our bridges and investing in, in new highway infrastructure. Uh, they go to mass transit, they go to bike paths and, and things like that that have uh, very little connection to the actual user fee and the revenue w- w- and where it should be going. So um, that's that's the real problem. Yes, taxes are, are, are certainly a problem. Um, and, and honestly, we would like to devolve more of those responsibilities down to the state rather than having the federal government take this money and then divert it to political pet projects. Right. Um, but you have states that are going to increasingly use this as a way to extract revenue because especially those states that are more hostile to fossil fuels um, and want to transition to electric vehicles and to a low-carbon fuel standard, they're going to increase taxes in a way um, where you could see, you know, European-style level of taxes on energy, um, which is, you know, very concerning. Yeah, um, I'm looking here. Pennsylvania's tax is 58 cents, and that doesn't include the 18 cents federal excise tax. So, if you just if you eliminated the Pennsylvania tax, not saying that they could, but if they did, uh, today I would have paid about a dollar ninety a gallon. That's right. And, and, and nobody complains that, about that. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, uh, Nick, you don't hear one person complain about anywhere, on the media anywhere, about Pennsylvania's gas tax, and it's the highest in the country, you say no. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, it, you know, it, it didn't used to be like that. And I think, again, this is, this is the problem when, uh, you know, I think it's easy to blame energy companies and big oil when the price goes up. Um, but, you know, people need to look inside as well and look at the the state legislators and the federal legislators who see this as an opportunity to um, extract revenue. And, and it's the same with excise taxes on, you know, gas production in Pennsylvania and, and in places like Ohio. You know, one of the things that was first discussed in a lot of these states, uh, especially when they were controlled uh, by um more Democrats was how can we benefit as politicians from this energy boom? Uh, and yes, it looks good when there's more energy production and there's more jobs um, being created, uh, but they, they saw it as an opportunity to extract revenue and, and they wanted to tax energy, which, you know, when you do that, you're only going to get less production and less investment. Uh, last thing, um, Alexandra uh, Otacio-Cortez uh, she says uh, she wants to see all fossil fuel gone in 12 years. Um, yeah. I, I, that, that kind of, I don't know, that seems a little optimistic to me. What do you think, Nick? 
Uh, yeah, optimistic is uh, <laughs> is, is one way to put it. Um, I mean, the, the plan that they're talking about right now, this new Green Deal, would be um, astronomically expensive um, and, and downright improbable. I mean, the fact that they're talking about 100% renewables for electricity within the next decade as well as um, getting rid of uh, essentially oil as a transportation fuel um, is it, just... Um, it's hard to imagine that that would happen uh, in any regard, even with the amount of taxes and investment that the left would try uh, to, to fund uh, some sort of transition. But uh, the reality is, you know, we have uh, an abundant, reliable, uh, affordable energy sources in coal, oil, and natural gas, and there's a reason why it provides uh, not only 80% of America's energy needs, but 80% of the world's energy needs. And if you look at any mainstream projection from the federal government or from international energy agencies, it's, it's going to stay along that path, uh, even with increased investments in renewables and their falling prices, uh, because we have so much of it. It's so cheap uh, and it's so dependable. Um, you know, these things aren't going away anytime soon. Uh, any leftist plan to essentially ban fossil fuels or regulate them out of existence uh, is only going to uh, cost consumers uh, an arm and a leg, uh, not to mention taxpayers as we try to subsidize some sort of transition. And even then, it's not going to come close uh, as to what they want out of this new Green Deal. Other than that, Alexandra's right on the money as usual. Hey, hey um, Nick, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm out of time. I appreciate you being here. Thanks. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Okay. And we'll be right back. Are you about to pay double for new windows, siding, or doors? If you haven't called Windows R Us, you just might. Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, gutters, siding doors, and, of course, windows. Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no-pressure approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in the business. Right now, get zero interest for 12 months and up to $20,000 on new vinyl, fiberglass, or wood windows. With options like triple-pane glass and names like Pella, no hidden fees or surprises ever. Your no-loophole lifetime warranty covers everything, including glass breakage, at no additional cost. Mention AM1250 with your free estimate for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company, windowsrspittsburgh.com. Losing business to online companies? Competitors using social media to rob you of sales? Is your current website five years behind the times or even one? Contact us at Salem Surround. Digital marketing that surrounds potential customers with your message wherever they engage, search, surf, socialize, or review. We offer a free analysis of your digital marketing effectiveness and suggest methods that could dramatically increase bottom line. Salem Surround takes the mystery of digital marketing off your shoulders, letting you do what you do best, run your business, while we deliver customers. Is your business taking full advantage of digital communication to reach more people? Are your competitors ahead of you? Now there are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. The IRS finally caught up with Louie. I hadn't paid my taxes in eight years. I owed the IRS a lot of money. Louie was in deep trouble. We're going to take your house, put a lien on your bank account, uh, garnish your pay. They don't care. They're going to take your paycheck. Louie found out about Optima Tax Relief, the leading tax resolution firm. A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau, they've resolved over a half billion dollars for their clients. Optima Tax, they helped me. They calmed me down. They made me feel comfortable, and I trust them. Louie has a lot to be thankful for. I don't owe the IRS anymore, and I'm able to live a comfortable life, a lot better life. It was because of Optima Tax. For tax help you can trust, call Optima now for a free consultation. Take it from Louie. If you owe the IRS... Don't go on alone. Give Optima Tax a call. They can help you. Call 800-748-5713. 800-748-5713. Optima Tax Relief. Testimonial from an actual client. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. The original Mattress Factory's mission is simple. We hand-build quality mattresses in our local factories. We sell those mattresses directly to our customers so we can eliminate the middleman, saving you hundreds of dollars compared to mainstream brands. 
While the other guys have their gimmicks, the Original Mattress Factory has a straightforward approach and is committed to quality and doing what's best for our customers. It's what we've done for almost 30 years. Go to OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. Great beds, no bull. That is the Original Mattress Factory difference. Quality products plus factory direct prices equals great value. Mattresses that are designed with better materials. Mattresses that are hand-built in local factories. Mattresses that cost hundreds less than the mainstream mattress brands. Now, I know what you're thinking. This all sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it isn't. Stop by one of our factory locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see the OMF difference for yourself. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made, honestly priced. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The Answer. Well, we spent some time uh, early in the show on the fallout of uh, Donald Trump's nasty uh, gesture of having the nerve to have fast food for the uh, Clemson football team. Also, uh, yesterday we spent a lot of time talking about the Gillette commercial. We, of course, in this show, we we um, we are uh, always on the edge and uh, people follow. I think everybody was listening to the show because I saw it all over the place today. People talking about the... Um, the Gillette commercial, and I saw, uh, I actually saw a clip from The View. They watched the commercial, and there's how many, I don't know how many women on the panel, they all thought it was wonderful. And just even the faux conservative, what, I forget her name, Huntsman, forget her first name, Megan Huntsman? No, Megan McCain, there's another one too, uh, Huntsman. uh, Megan McCain, I don't think she said anything, but um, they went on about how it was just wonderful, and um, even Piers Morgan, remember him? A raging liberal. He used to be on CNN. He was on America's Got Talent. He's a Brit. He came out today and just destroyed Gillette for doing the commercial and said he's sick of the uh, of being uh, just trashed for the simple reason that you're a man. And so it's everywhere. And But, you know... We were on the cutting edge here yesterday, trashing the Gillette commercial. There will be more. And um, we will be back tomorrow with more of this stuff. And I thank you for listening today to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Bye. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.